Hello everyone, how are you today, this beautiful day that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. Well, what do we do on this podcast? We share and encourage each other about the challenges in life that we face, sufferings, calamities, circumstances that are beyond our control, and we share what we've learned from them always knowing that we can turn to God about anything. It doesn't matter how big our problems are or how small. He is always there wanting us to come to Him. So during this 10 to 15 minute episode, I'm not going to be judging you. I'm not going to be yelling and preaching at you. I'm sharing what I'm learning along my journey, and I'm certainly not finished. We learn together. I encourage you, share what you have learned. Well, we're continuing what we had started at the beginning of the year with my idea of the word of the year being focus. Focus on the Lord. Focus on our life in Jesus Christ instead of the many, many distractions of this world. And it's important that we walk in love while we remain focused. And that brings us to the greatest commandment, which is essentially to love our Creator, the one who has unfailing love for us and to love our neighbors, those in need, as we love ourselves in a healthy and balanced way. And then Jesus commanded us to even love our enemies. Well, we build up upon that focus of the Lord in love and look at issues, problems that may serve to trip us up along our journey. Last month, we covered several of those, such as facing the unknown without fear and without dread, and using free will and making decisions, and being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and quick to forgive. It's in the mistakes that we make where we have opportunity to grow, to learn, If you haven't heard or seen my podcast in the past, I encourage you to go back and to listen to them at Karen Jane Casey on YouTube and then audio on buzzsprout.com. In the month of April, our series is Christ Crucified and He Arose. On the the 5th, April 5th, I asked, what does the cross mean to you? And I shared what it means to me. On the 12th, I asked, who did Jesus come to save? And if he is there for all of us. We just only need to repent and to accept him as our Lord and Savior. This week, the question is, what would Jesus do in this situation? Hmm. And in this, we see that what many folks are really asking is, is the Bible relevant to today, to, to the things that are happening in the world today? Is the New Testament, in the New Testament, which is all about Jesus, is that relevant to us today? Well, they, we look at his birth, the life of his, his life on earth, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and of course his ascension into heaven. How does it relate to us now? Is the word of God timeless? And my answer is yes, the word of God is timeless. So it's so much more than that. It's alive. As said in 2 Timothy 3.16, and I'm going to read that passage, 2 Timothy 3.16, God has transmitted his very substance into every scripture, for it is God-breathed. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Deeper into the path of godliness. Some years ago, 
There was a, a great movement. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And I hope that movement continues. <laughs> we can look at the principles laid out in the Bible and how Jesus himself lived it out on earth. We know how to handle any predicament, problem, or upset when we look at the life of Jesus and his teachings. In the lifetime of Jesus that he had on earth, he experienced it all and instructed us how to behave and live throughout our life challenges, every one of them. What did we see Jesus do the most? Well, he studied the scriptures, he quoted them as needed in every circumstance, and he was not afraid to step up and quote the scriptures, even when there was controversy, and he lived them. In that regard, I can think of one instance that really stood out. While he was in the wilderness, the desert, for 40 days, the devil tempted him right and left several times, and Jesus answered him every time with an appropriate scripture relating to that attack by the enemy. And we can find in the in the we can find that passage in the gospel, Matthew chapter 4. What does that tell you and what does it tell me? Well, when we're tempted, when temptations come, what should we do? We can prepare for those temptations knowing they will come by studying the word of God. We do know, need to know the word of God before the temptations come on us. And that happens when we read and study the Bible. We listen to sermons online and at church. Maybe we read books and commentaries about the Word of God. Ultimately, we are preparing ourselves, really knowing the Word of God before the enemy strikes. We don't know which direction the enemy will strike from. We need to have it in us, alive in us. In Ephesians 6, we learn that we should wear the full armor of God so that we can stand when the evil forces come against us. And the Word of God is our only defensive weapon against the enemy's attack. It's referred to as the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So that's very important. So then, whenever the enemy, the devil, does come along and tries to tempt us with anything, we should know how to arm ourselves in the appropriate scriptures. And it's going to be different for each person. What if your weakness is um, a tendency towards alcohol? Then you're going to have it thrown at you from every direction. Everyone in the world is going to come at you with temptations for alcohol. You need to be standing in the word against it. What if you are, uh, your weakness is rejection from people? Then all, from every walk of life, loved ones and friends, people you care about are going to reject you. But you can turn to the Word of God and you know Jesus has experienced it all. He understands. And you can stand on the Word of God. He prayed to the Heavenly Father about everything. That's another thing. He prayed. Sometimes Jesus prayed with the disciples. Other times he prayed with a large crowd surrounding him. And then there were times, many times, where he would go off to himself to have a private conversation with the Lord in his relationship with the Heavenly Father. And that's something that we should do. He demonstrated what we should be doing in our relationship with the Lord, to pray under our breath continually, to pray alone with him, to pray with friends, who other like-minded Christians. He even shared with us how to pray and the elements that should be included in our prayer. And that's found in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, the Lord's Prayer. 
a lot of people recite that, especially for children, so they can get the idea of how to pray. One prayer Jesus made significantly impacted me as I faced my adversaries. While Jesus was experiencing the day of crucifixion, after hours of beatings, humiliation, betrayal, coming to the ultimate extreme in every area, physically, emotionally, spiritual pain, and while on the cross and dying, innocent of any evil, but, but allowing it to happen to him for our sakes, Jesus said this in Luke, 30, in Luke 23, verse 34. And I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation. While they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. So what was that? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. That specific passage has significantly impacted me when I know that I have experienced suffering and pain because of another person. The unfairness of those evil deeds, those lies, those actions, those manipulations. What are my temptations? To be angry, to be hurt, to fall into a pit of despair, to take revenge. Emotional, physical, and mental pain are caused by another mean-spirited person. And I know I ought to forgive my adversaries like Jesus did. Then I can look at that situation like Jesus did. Step back and look at it, knowing that first of all, forgiveness is a must for our own soul's sake. How do I know that? That's in Luke six thirty-seven. Do not judge, you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So I conclude, if that person only knew that there really is a heaven and hell, if only that person knew the spiritual law of sowing and reaping is true, when we sow evil, we will reap appropriate consequences. Maybe not immediately, but maybe not, maybe not today, but eventually. We reap what we have sown. Then that mean-spirited, toxic person would not have done this to me. Therefore, I can truly say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What about all those situations and circumstances, people problems and quandaries? How can we know what Jesus would do in that situation? You think they're very different, but they're not really. We see the character of Jesus, and that, that carries throughout. We know that he has all what believers are gifted with. A believer has in them the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit from the Holy Spirit within you. And what is that? I'm going to go over it now. It's from Galatians 5, 23 through 20, 22 through 23 in the Passion Translation. Divine love in all of its varied expressions. And that's always being motivated by compassion for others. Joy, joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue or goodness, always speaking the truth. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit, also known as this of self-control. 
and all of that in the New Testament. Jesus demonstrated time and time again, never faulting from it, these character qualities, as well as many others. And what others might there be? Well, for instance, he loved and valued each and every person, even more than himself. In fact, several times while on earth, Jesus described himself as a servant. In Mark 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus was willing to serve others. He washed his disciples' feet, and afterwards he said in John thirteen fourteen through 17, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have sent you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You will be blessed if you do them. There's no place for pridefulness in that. So we know that know and learn from Jesus not to behave pridefully or to be haughty with others, not to look at ourselves as above someone. Jesus loved everyone. He even loved the poor, the rich, the lame, those who had various diseases. Jesus did not discriminate because of race, religion, career, political affiliation, or because of gender. What Jesus did for us, even though he is the Holy Son of God, he humbled himself to suffer and die for us. In 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. And in Mark 16, verses 6 through 7, an angel explained to Mary Magdalene and her group of women, Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell the disciples and Peter. So I really like that, that verse for another reason. And that's because where he says, but go and tell the disciples and Peter. So that means that Mary Magdalene, a woman with her woman's group, were the first to go to the tomb of Jesus and the first to proclaim to other people that Jesus arose. And in Luke 24, 6 through 7, confirming again that Jesus arose, and I'm reading this, Luke 24, 6 through 7, He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. We wouldn't have any hope if Jesus had just died and that was the end of the story. But he arose. He arose from the grave. And this continues our series, Christ Crucified and He Arose. So if you're wondering now, what is the right thing to do in this situation, this particular problem, this moment, 
I encourage you to go to the Word of God and see the life of Jesus, especially in the New Testament, the stories, the examples He gave us, and prayerfully decide to do what Jesus would do in that situation. I welcome you commenting with me about any situations that you learn from that. There was a time in my life where I was desperately lost, hurting, and afraid, and I suffered. Various types of abuse, child abuse, life-threatening domestic violence, and then the abuse of toxic people. I grieved over the loss of loved ones, and I had major back surgery. Can anyone resonate with these things? But God worked miracles in my life. He rescued me. He delivered me time after time, and I never deserved it. So when I came to Jesus, everything changed. I am never alone. He is always with me. I am healed. I have the joy in my heart that replaces my brokenness, and I do not live in fear. I have an awesome future in Jesus. This is what I want for every person. And so I share the good news of Jesus. I share my testimony of look what Jesus did for me, and he can do it for you. Because I am... I am. I didn't deserve it. The most awesome thing that you could do for yourself is to decide to come to Jesus or to rededicate your life to Him. God's amazing love for us was demonstrated when He was willing to sacrifice His only Son for our sakes, Jesus. And we can find that in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then Jesus himself told us in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There are many scriptures about us confessing, confessing the Lord, confessing our sins to the Lord. And 1 John 1, verses 9 through 10 is one of them. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We already know none of us are perfect. We need Jesus. I encourage you, regardless of where you stand today in your relationship with the Lord, that you will pray with me right now and pray out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son, and I believe that Jesus suffered and died on the cross, even for me. He paid for my sins, and He defeated death. He arose from the grave in the third day. But Lord, I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me now. I repent of my sins, all of them. I walk away from them, Lord, but please help me, because I will be tempted. I need you, Jesus. I am absolutely nothing without you. I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And out of gratitude and thankfulness, I will serve you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said this prayer with me, you have just begun your relationship with the Lord. And I encourage you, stay in the Word of God. Read it, study it, live it, and pray. And learn about the character of Jesus and the promises that are made to you. Always praising, always obeying, with gratitude for everything. And then your faith will grow. I encourage you, make Jesus the Anointed One your focus in life and in your ministry. 
2 Timothy 2.8, and his unfailing love, rely upon the Lord to help you through all of your troubles, finding peace within, despite the world of chaos around you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Turn to God with Karen. This is Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, um, advocate, and ambassador for Christ. Stay tuned for Turn to God with Karen every Monday morning at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and you can download it anytime. I invite you to share your comments, your suggestions, any feedback is always welcome at my website, KarenJaneCasey.com. That's C-A-R-I-N-J-A-Y-N-E-C-A-S-E-Y. When you go to my website, you'll see books that I've written, blogs, podcasts, and so forth. You'll even see some material for domestic violence situations. Well, thank you and God bless.